You're listening to Doll Hut Radio, and this is Miss Catherine Monroe, and I have Nigel Mogg of The Brutalist live in studio, and this is... I don't far. believe a word. <laughs> <laughs> this is far away after new Actually, album. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, okay. On Doll Hut Radio. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right.
And that was Enough of Me by The Brutalist. I was wrong. I called it Far Away. Yeah, we can call it whatever you want. <laughs> and I have Nigel Mogg of The Brutalist live in studio. Hi, how you doing? Hello, Nigel. Um, hi, yes, hi. Enjoying your beer? I'm enjoying my beer. Your little after, visit after at the my, Doll Hut. Yeah. After my long drive. Yeah, a long drive. But you got to relax a little bit in the bar. That was kind of cool. Yeah, love the bar. Mm-hmm. Haven't been there before. Looks pretty cool to me. Yeah, you're going to be playing there soon. Yeah, I'll be there on Sunday night. So this is your new album, Far Away is off of. Yes. Well, that was enough of me. But Far oh, Away enough is, of me, sorry. Yeah, but sorry. Far Away <laughs> is also off of it, too. <laughs> we started off great, didn't <laughs> yeah. we? Yeah. We're really on it tonight. Yep. Professional. Yeah, I know. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should get pens and stuff. I do, yeah. Oh, taking yeah. notes. I, All I, of a sudden, I, I got my glasses on and I got... Okay, now we're there. ready. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's start again. Yes. Anyway, that was uh, enough of me. By The Brutalist. By The Brutalist for our new album coming out in uh, August. August. Yes. So is, is is that the completed version of it? Or you still have a little it. more work? That's it. It's finished. Done. Uh, we got ten songs coming out on vinyl, and there'll be a CD version and streaming, downloading with twelve songs. Twelve songs is good. That's a good yeah. amount of songs. It's the perfect amount. Yeah, but there's a reason why you only have ten on vinyl. It's because the grooves are just the right amount. It's of, not room. Oh, so you're yeah, doing yeah. a vinyl? Yeah, it's gonna be a free. Is it gonna be colored vinyl? I don't think the co- I'm not sure about that. I don't think so, but I do know that the, uh, the cover's screen printed. It'd be like each one's individually made, screen printed, front cover. Uh, I don't think it's colored vinyl. I, well, we wanted that. I don't think we got that, but um, it's a limited edition, but we may reprint it again if it's the demand's high enough. Which I think it will be. I think it will be. Too. I know, because everyone wants That's all I want. <laughs> Your music is great. And to have a limited edition vinyl like that these days, is, is people yeah. love that. People really love that. They're back into collecting vinyl. Oh, I buy it still. Yep. So how long did it take you to record that, and where did you record it at? We recorded it in downtown L.A. You know what? I can't remember the name of the studio, but the guy that uh, engineered it and mixed it for us, his name was Jason Soda. I can't remember the name of the studio. I think Sorry, Jason. I've heard of other people that, yeah, I don't know yeah. the name. He's done a lot of stuff down there, and he played mm-hmm. with a lot of big people. I, I, I don't have his resume in front of me, so uh, <laughs> I can't We must it. have been good if we recorded you guys, so. Oh, yeah, he was great. <laughs> he was great. Very good. So, Vivi, how long have the Brutalists been together? I think the whole project started about two years ago, and I think we did our first show probably about 18 months ago. That's fast. Yeah. It's not and you already have an album. And we already have an, already got a little record deal mm-hmm. with Cleopatra Records for uh, this first album. And uh, also, so we've been playing around town. We're playing The Doll Hut yes, on May 27th, this Sunday. Awesome. Yes. For a free show, which is going to be awesome to see yeah. you guys at a free show. Yes. Yes, please come. Mm-hmm. Come and check it out. Yes. Uh, so we're doing that. And then we've got, um, also we're playing The Redwood Fourth of July, is that correct? Fourth of July, mm-hmm. I heard we're doing that. And there's other shows too. You have to go on our website and check that out. I and you're going to be going to the UK? We are going to the UK in October to do five shows with our good, very good friends, the Dirty Strangers. Great old friends of mine who uh, had some shows coming up and they uh, put us on them. So that's great. So your whole band's going to the UK? We're all going to the UK. We're all going to play. We'll all be there. No holograms. <laughs> no holograms. <laughs> Holograms are kind of cool, though. Yeah. And have, oh. So have you played the UK before? I've played the UK before, not with the Brutalist, though. I've played the UK with, obviously, my old band, the Choir Boys, and then recently I played with a band called the Peckham Cowboys for a few tours. But I'm more interested in this tour because this is, like, my band. 
It's my new band, my new project. So and you, in the Choir Boys, you played bass. I played bass in the Choir Boys, yeah. And now I sing in the Brutalist, so it's quite a big difference. And what did you play in the other band that you played between the Choir oh, Boys? Oh, uh, with uh, the Peck and Cow Eyes, I played bass too. Oh, okay. So yeah. this is going to be the first time they see you... This will be the first time... As a I've... front man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. So wow. kind of excited and nervous all at the same time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be, be great. Um, all the shows are around London, which is, you know, we're not traveling too far we're playing um three shows in london one of them is the troubadour not the troubadour in la but the troubadour in london it's so funny that because you, you have a rainbow over there you have the troubadour over there same thing i didn't know there was a rainbow yeah there's there. a rainbow out there too yeah that, yeah i'm sure someone felt the need to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. i thought it was just coincidental <laughs> no i'm sure someone borrowed the name but uh so we'll be doing uh yeah so and then we've got a show in reading and a show in bedford and Bedford is, the Bedford show is a place called Esquires, which is an old, a place I've played many times. Is that where you're from, Bedford? No, I'm not. But uh, some of the choir boys were from Bedford. So that's my connection to Bedford. Oh, that's what a place. Yeah. What, what a place year? I played there. I must have played there in 1986. In the 80s. Okay, that's yeah. what I was wondering what years was that Oh, was. yeah. A long time ago. So it's a, so it's an old bar like the Doll Hut. It's been there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's one of those great places that, you know, as we know a lot of old bars we love like the marquee club or mm -hmm. cbgb's just are disappearing quicker yep. than we can blink oh it's and so yeah we can't let that happen i know it? so uh like um a lot of the old uh places like the doll hut here bedford esquires is one of those rock venues that i hope stays open forever i'll have if i ever go to the uk i'll have to check it out yeah you should now, do. speaking of old venues you you had mentioned before that you lived in new york did you ever play cbgb's i did Oh, you did? I played, I was in a band in the mid-90s called Nancy Boy. Oh, you were in New York in a band in the 90s, was it glam rock? It was kind of, a, I don't know what it was, a kind of glam rocky, kind of new wave oh, band. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, and so we played a couple of times at CBGB, so I did get to play there. And I used to live right around the corner, so I'd be there quite often. Oh, that's awesome. I, I was very lucky to live in New York just when it was still cool. Because unfortunately, it's not it's, so cool yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's overrun by hipsters now. Hips, hipsters and <laughs> bankers. Hipsters and bankers, yes, the money. It's the money yeah. that's taken over, yeah, unfortunately. My daughter lives out there, and I go out there every now and then. I used to go to St. Mark's place, but you're right. It's not the same as Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, just Trash and Vaudeville is gone. CBGB's is gone. You know, all the great bars are gone. I mean, a lot of cool places moved out to Williamsburg and Brooklyn, but the whole thing about living in, Ma in New York was I wouldn't live in Manhattan. I didn't want to live yeah. in Brooklyn. <laughs> Nothing okay. wrong with Brooklyn, but I didn't want to live there. <laughs> but Manhattan was where everything is. Yeah, everything. you can get everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. Now you can. I went out there last time. I think it was like nine o'clock, and I was trying to find a bottle of wine. I couldn't even find a liquor store to yeah. sell me a bottle of wine at nine o'clock, yeah. which is ridiculous. You're in New York. You think you should be yeah. able to? Yeah. The only place you can go find that is at a hotel for like twenty five dollars. Yeah. Yep, it's, it's an expensive place to be. I mean, you know, Giuliani cleaned it up, cleaned up a bit too much. <laughs> Yeah, you need I mean, a little bit of dirt in there, right? Swept it under the carpet, man. <laughs> you need to go under the carpet and you check that You go under the out. carpet and find it. <laughs> now, your past bands, you mentioned the Choir Boys. Yes. And the, I forgot the other one. The, I was in a band called the Choir Boys and a band called Nancy Boy. Nancy then, Boy, that's right. That's one I was interested in. How long was that around? Uh, we did a couple of records. We did one record for an independent label in England, which I don't even have. And then we did a, one record for Sire Records in New York. Oh, yeah. Um, in about 95 or 96, but we were, we mainly played around Manhattan. We did one, we did some bunch of shows in England, um, 
all the other shows were in New York. And that's an interesting band because the singer was, um, his name was Donovan Leach, and his father was Donovan, 60s Donovan, Donovan. Oh, really? Yes. The 60s? Yeah. Oh, I so like, that yeah. was he was the singer's dad, and the guitar player was Jason Nesmith, who's from LA, but his father was Mike Nesmith from the Monkees. Oh, I knew the last name sounds familiar. Okay, <laughs> but then I used it to get, watch the Monkees. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but it gets even more interesting than that because Donovan's sister was Ioni Sky was married to Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. I know who Ioni Sky is. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. she so, did some movies and stuff too, didn't she? Yeah, yeah a bunch of acting. movies, mm-hmm. and so we used to. Um, record a bunch of our stuff at the so we here we are a bunch of like you know uh, guys from england and this guy donovan who's a model and we you know recording at the beastie boys studio it was quite a oh, weird awesome. it was quite a weird mix well beastie boys started off as punk rock too yeah I'm, i gotta say when i lived in new york when they were still living there and, and I they were, were they doing punk then i saw one show at a place called The Continental on St. Mark's Place, which is not there anymore. Mm. And I saw them do a whole punk rock set one night. Oh, oh that, that was would amazing. be amazing. Yeah. I, they, they was kind of like, they wasn't back in the day, it was later on, but they did a throwback show where they did their punk rock set. Oh, uh, that's one band I would yeah. love to talk to and ask them about the difference of how it is now and then because I would, lo- yeah. I would have loved to been there. I've got to say, and I've got to say, as much as we were in, we ran in different circles, those guys were some of the nicest guys I've ever met. It seems like it, yeah. yeah they it were seems very, like they did very cool really, people. Yeah. Like they, they must have done a good job of promoting their music and stuff to be where they're at, yeah. like where they're at now. Nice, nice guys. So, and you said that you were in a band with Rob from um, uh, Big, Big Rig, Rig Dollhouse. Yeah. I was. We mm-hmm. had it for a short second. We had a band called um, Rob Castle on the Revelry. I think I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Ray Rob come to the show on Sunday. He might, he might, he's played here before, yeah, he likes I'll give him a call. He likes that stuff. Um, I think we're going to play another song. Let's see, what yeah. song do we have? We, you said Jungle and Nasty. Jungle and Nasty, let's do that. And what, tell me a little bit about that song before I play it. Um, there's a, f- uh, I have a very famous film that I love called Whitnail and I. It's a very English movie. I thought you were going to say Jungle Fever. I thought that's what Jungle Nasty No. Was <laughs> Nothing to do with Jungle Fever. That's a whole different thing. Okay. There's a great movie from England called Whitnail and I, and I nicked a couple of lines and the feel from the song from the oh, movie. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to dig deep to find the what's lines. It called? What's, what's the movie called? Whitnail and I. Whitnail? Whitnail and I, Whitnail. Yeah. It's like someone's name, Whitnail. Whitnail. Uh, Mr. Whitnail. Okay, I'm going to have to I. check it out. This is Jungle Nasty by The Brutalist. What's the name of your new album? The Brutalist. Just self-titled? Yeah. yeah. The Brutalist on Doll Hut Radio. Yeah. Look who Cat dragged in. And here we go. There's a There we go. Meow. Shows up later and he's even got my socks 
I cut that off early on accident. <laughs> there we go. There oh. it is. We're going to finish it. See? Yeah. I like those lyrics. That was Jungle Nasty by The Brutalist off his self-titled new album, The Brutalist. I like that. Uh, it's kind of funky. Yeah. A little bit of funky mixed with ska. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I don't, know, I don't really know what we're doing. We just do it. Well, your music seems very versatile. Yeah, we try. Which which is good. These days it's good because you don't you keep an audience that way, you know. Yeah, I don't get stuck in a rut playing the same old three chord stuff all night. Yeah, long, unfortunately. I mean, I mean I do love three chord stuff, but you gotta gotta keep it going other yeah, directions. You know these I mean? days people with the computers and the phones, people have like A D D nonstop. Yeah, of course. Because because it's so easy to grab your phone and like we look were at just, it. Like yeah. we were just doing <laughs> <laughs> I am guilty of always looking well my phone like I work, you know, yeah. it's, it's work, so you're constantly Yeah, working. That's actually a good point. You should probably write songs for the A D D people so yeah. keep ch- you gotta keep changing it. These so days it's, it's so easy to be distracted. It's like squirrel, yeah. there it is, yeah. And well, so I when you have like, a versatile, someone will stop and go, oh, wait, that's different. Ooh, what was that? Yeah. Ooh, that, damn that, it, damn and that something. funky stuff, especially after you had a couple of drinks, just catches yeah. it. Perfect. Yeah. And you, have a, you have some songs on here that have a touch of Scott. You guys did that on purpose, right? Yeah. Mix yeah. it up. Yeah, as I said, you know, and people ask me what the band sounds like. I just go, 1979, because that was the year then where you had the specials, the Clash, the Jam, but you also had, you know, uh, some more, uh, you know, new wavy stuff yeah. too like I mean, Gary Newman and stuff and Ian Jury and I don't know all those great things and Dr. Feelgood which is one of my favourite bands and uh, all this crazy mix of stuff happening in London you know I mean it was after punk but it was before New Romantics but there was like a whole thing you know those years from you know from 76 to into the 80s was so much incredible music came well, it's like out. It's like a grab, like you shake it up and you yeah, pull it yeah, out. Yeah. And that's like your music, you shake it up and yeah. you pull it out and it's something good. Yeah. You know, everything's yeah. something so good. So that's why I say we sound like 1979, I think. 
Is, is that why you formed this band for that sound? Did that just happen? No, it just that happened. Just just happened. I think we'd all been around enough. I mean, you know, obviously the Choir Boys was like a really straight-haired Black Crows rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. And Mick Cripps, the guitar player, was in Mank on Elegance, which was a straight-ahead kind of Motley Crue-type heavy metal band. Mm -hmm. So we'd done that, and that wasn't the only thing that we like. People think, you know, yeah. that we liked other stuff too. Too many, peop too many times people get pigeonholed yeah, into yeah, one yeah. genre. Do you think I just like the Black Crows yeah. and the Rolling Stones? I love them, but no, there's other stuff I like too yeah. as well, you know. And so I wanted to dip into that stuff too. I like that. I think I think it's a, I think it's really good and it's smart and it's 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 a natural thing. If people don't just like one thing as much as they want to say they do, they don't. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah people, you get people sneakily listening to like Kate Bush at home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, no, yeah. or Carly Simon or something. Allegedly, you know? I like Coldplay. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's caught me yet. Listen to Coldplay. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one's. But caught then me. I like some of those. But then, uh, but and then you know, there's also a little bit of Oasis in what we're doing too, yeah. and Blur because I like those bands too because they were harking back to the 70s and the late the Kinks and um, Slade and stuff like that too you know and I love that stuff too I mean I have Slade tattoo on my hand I you see know, it right? you yeah. do <laughs> yeah. you do have Slade that's awesome yeah. well I noticed the first the first song that we played it kind of reminded me of the zombies a little bit yeah, some, a little yeah. bit of that great. Yeah. which is great because that's the kind of stuff yeah. you grew up with being young to yeah. older that's you, you hear know, on the radio yeah. Yeah. it's all yeah. that stuff that influences so is that what influenced you just what you heard growing up yeah, I guess so. you grew so. up in the UK, correct? I grew up in the UK. Much different than over here. Yeah. I think the the uh, the UK, I think the uh, trends changed quicker. So there was a lot of stuff going on. There was the, the you know, uh, there was the punk thing. But in a parallel universe, there was this new wave of British heavy metal thing going on too. Iron Maiden and Saxon and Motorhead and ACDC. And so that was going on. And then it also had this jam, clash, punk thing going on. And you also had The Damned, who was ran right through the middle. And then later on, when I was a kid, there was this band called Hanoi Rocks, which you used to go and see, which kind of spearheaded the whole hair metal thing. So there was a whole lot of stuff going on. That's a lot of stuff, In yeah. the late 70s into the mid-80s, there was a lot of stuff going on. And... Uh, I guess we're taking bits of all of it. And you can hear it all. You can really yeah. hear it all in the music. Yeah. And I like that because, like I said, you don't get bored. Yeah. It's something that you listen to and you can relate to every single song. When One minute you're grooving. Next minute you're headbanging. Yeah, next minute you're headbanging. <laughs> then, wait, then you're like, wait a minute, where's my black and white for the ska? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. a little punk. And then you want to smoke yeah. a little weed and drink a little beer. Yeah. And it's some, all good. We'll be doing a reggae song next. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Do you have a reggae song? Yeah, we do. We have a. We're working on a couple of them. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear yeah, that. Yeah, because then, because you know, I, when I grew up in England, you know, in the late seventies into mm -hmm. the eighties, you'd walk down the street, you'd be in the Port Blair Road Market, or you went down to Camden, there'd be that, the one store with the incense burning and the Jamaican flag <laughs> waving, and, and the, the people are happy, and they're heavy, right? yeah. and the heavy dub pounding out of it. So. And that stuff was on the radio too. You know, you had all the cars were driving mm -hmm. by in North London where I grew up. It was a big Jamaican population. You'd hear reggae all the time. That's all you. That's what you'd hear in the street because it'd be pumping out the cars or pumping out the record store. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you can't help but um, have just been influenced by it. Oh yeah. Just, I didn't buy that. any reggae records, but I know every damn song. But right? you hear it. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's there. It's just part of you because yeah. it's been there. So would you say music is music is your life? That's what you do. Well, yeah, yeah, I've always been in a band, 
you know, and it, it comes from my uncle, was in a band called UFO, which was a heavy mm-hmm. metal band in the 70s. So I, I had the album that has a little cutout UFO thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so I grew up with, you know, these musicians being around the house and stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure... Without a doubt, that was is that what you just thought you were supposed to do? Is being I guess so, yeah, because you saw him because you didn't think about it, you just did it, right? I just did it, and these guys were always around. That was normal. Michael Schenker lived up the street, he used to walk his dog past our house. I don't know, I thought it was normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It would be just normal, you growing up, you growing up like that, and that's what happens, and then yeah, yeah. so then I I know, but um. I was lucky too because my mum worked at a venue um, called Alexandra Palace, which didn't have many, didn't have a lot of concerts at, but every they'd have a couple of concerts a year. And so in 1979, when I was 14 years old, uh, Queen played there. So uh. my so my mum was working the bar, I think, and so she took me to the sound check. And was it like a small bar? No, it was a the pretty big, big uh-huh. it was a pretty decent sized venue. But still, the sound check at 14. Yeah, I was at the sound check for, for Queen. Queen. Yeah, I was the only person in the room. Yeah, it was great. Well, did you at the time you didn't realize what you were seeing? Did you? No, I didn't, no. When now you know? I now I go. Oh my god, I was coming. We went to sound check. Because <laughs> all I remember was the band playing. It was really loud, and they went off and disappeared. Then Freddie came on in a robe on and a big white robe and just sat at the piano and went ding 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 ding. Mama just killed a man. Oh my god! Put a gun against my head and played Bohemian Rhapsody on the Do piano. You know how amazing it is! How was any person standing there? Wow, you're 14 years old. Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah, but I gotta say, this was in the years. I mean, some older listeners may remember this was in the years before like decibel meters and like mm-hmm. uh, limits on the sound. So I stood there from the sound check to the gig, and then I watched the gig, and I went home and I couldn't hear anything. For two Did you days. feel like you had chopsticks shoved in your ears? I couldn't hear a thing. Uh, yeah. I was deaf because it was so loud. I'm a bad, I'm, I'm a bad person when it comes to putting in earplugs around. I know there's yeah, times I when I've left in it. Yeah. You know, it feels like I yeah. can't put earplugs in. It's yeah. too late for that. Anyway, <laughs> well, well, you were I 14, just, you had them blown by Queen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that was too late. So yeah, I just remember my ears ringing for days. Uh, yeah, that doesn't feel. And good. I only felt that that only happened a couple more times. And then you, uh, that it was done. Because yeah. by the 80s and into the 90s, they'd put meters on everything, and you couldn't have the decibels too loud and blah blah blah. You know, it's ruined everything, don't they? Saved my hearing, ruined everything. So your mom worked at a venue. Were there other bands that you were able to see besides no, that? No, that's you remember that stands No, because out? they didn't have many gigs there. It was like uh, kind of an okay. odd place. Mm-hmm. They didn't have many shows there. So that was the only one. But then very shortly after that, uh, in January or February 1980, UFO played Hampshire Odeon. That would have been still 14 or maybe 15. And it was UFO uh, with the opening band was Girl. And Girl was Phil Lewis who later, later on ended up being in L.A. Guns mm-hmm. with Mick Cripps, who's in my band now. Oh, that's awesome. It's you went full world. circle. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's not, is he originally from England, no? Phil Lewis. No. Oh, Mick. Uh, Mick's, Mick Cripps and his twin brother, Robert Cripps, who is guitar player and bass player. Their mum and dad are English. Okay. They grew up in L.A. Okay. then. So, so that's they the do connect, have, they That's the connection. Oh, that's that's where, it, where it came from. Okay. Yeah, that, I'm still amazed by your 14-year-old. So that must influence My queen story. You. Yeah, yeah, that must influence you, the stuff that you... I think going to a sound check is almost like getting and being like a spy and getting to see how the inside <laughs> thing yeah. works. I mean, when you go to a show, you roll up, you go for the door with all the other people. But if you go to a sound check, the band's just rolling around with their tracksuit bottoms on. And, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and they're having a cup of tea and walking around. And so I always like that aspect of shows and stuff you know i ended up i did uh tour manage a couple of people for a while where i you know when i wasn't 
playing music, I tour managed a couple of friends of mine. And I always just liked the, the whole thing, you know, you get to the venue, sort the room out, get the sound check done, get the hotel sorted, get the backstage passes out, get the guest list done. I'm and then when like, it got busy, I'm you leave, like, right? Yeah, and then yeah. you fuck off. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. That's why I, I like all that. And when it gets busy, I'm it's the whole thing. Yeah. I, it's not just the show. It's yeah. the whole, uh, the whole, you know. No production then, of it, yeah. Yeah, and then later on when we were doing quite well with the choir boys, you know, you get a tour item and you got to fly, and it's the whole thing. I actually started taking a lot of pictures, which I've just been going through recently. Like film pictures? Yeah, on oh, film. That's on nice. proper film. And I have boxes and boxes of negatives and Contact sheets, which I've been going through, I might start putting a book together or something because I have so much stuff. You should, because you probably have a lot of stuff people haven't, especially on film. Everybody takes pictures with their phones nowadays. There's not much film. Well, guess what happens? You drop that phone, it breaks, and you've lost those photos. You drop in the toilet, you're done. The toilet, those photos are gone. So I have all these negatives. So that's another thing I do too. Photography? I'm going to get back into it. Are you going to use film? Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. best. That's yeah. Do you develop your own film or do you yeah. take it in? I would develop it myself. Oh, uh, you have a, bla- a dark room. Don't need a dark room. You don't need a- your bathroom. Bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> At nighttime. Bathroom and turn the light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what, yeah. That's, that's easy. A, that's a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> that's the DIY best way to do it. It's the only way to do it. That'd be awesome though. Make a make a make a coffee table book of all your yeah. of all your adventures with the photography. In fact, I'll, I'll just show you what I found. Oh, you're the other gonna night. have to show me. Yeah. So what? Where, where have you taken? You take pictures when you did shows or when you were, yeah, were I did producing? Just, no, or? I was just wandering. You know, just uh, on tour. Just on tour and stuff. And then after, I got to do some other stuff, like this picture right here. I'll show you right now. This one here is I was working for a mate. That's Arthur Kane of the New York Dolls. Oh wow! So I interviewed him for my friend had a fanzine called Mm -hmm. Cheap Date, and I interviewed him and took pictures of him. So I interviewed him about his life in New York because he used to work in uh, thrift stores. Oh, oh, that's where the New York Dolls got their clothes from. Him and Sylvain used to work in thrift stores. Yeah. So they used to work on thrift stores on St. Mark's. So I interviewed him about that, and I got to take a picture of his house, of him standing in the kitchen. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Off That's a killer cool cane, right yeah. there. Go yep. to Nigel Mogg Instagram. I'm going to have to look. Yeah. Nigel, what is it? Nigel Mogg? Nigel, N-I-G-E-L-M-O-G-G, Instagram, and it's a picture of Arthur Killer Kane in his kitchen while I was doing an interview with him. Do you have other photos on there that you've taken? Yeah, I'd have to go through, and there's a couple, yeah. So if we go through that Instagram, <clears throat> we'll be able to see some of them. Yes. You can probably, you can probably pick out the film ones. ones I can't. It's, it's too long. I can't go through yeah. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're into photography, and you like doing the backstage part. Anything else that you have? Well, I mean, my, 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 my actual main gig right now is I work in the movies. Oh, you do? I yeah. have no idea. What yeah. do you do in the movies? Props. Oh, do you create props? Or do you, yeah, do we build you... props, and I work for a production design, and we build sets and stuff, yeah. Oh, so sets yeah. for, like, backgrounds and... Yeah, just for everything, you know. We have to get, if we, have, if we have to have a recording studio, I go build the recording studio. Uh, the facade, the yeah. front. We don't do much of the actual physical construction. We do more the set dressing and the props, like we get all the microphones and the guitars and, you know, whatever the set requires. We and do and that how did too. you get into that? You just... You just... It, Completely by accident. One day I was uh, ha- hanging around with this guy Donovan, who was in Nancy Boy, and he was a model. So he was getting these modeling gigs, and one of the big ones was CK1, mm-hmm. Calvin Klein, the mm-hmm. first CK1. And oh, is he the Calvin Klein CK1 guy? I don't think he was the CK1 guy, but there was a CK1 commercial that was filmed in 1995, 
and I was in a band, Nancy Boy, with him, and he said to me, hey, uh, come down in the morning, because there's loads of, you know, we were all broke, and he goes, there's loads of food there, and, you know, <laughs> and a bunch of models <laughs> hanging, and a bunch of models hanging around. Food and bottles, that's yeah, all yeah. you need, right? I said, I'll be right there. Yeah. I was at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, I'm sure you're waiting. Yeah. I had a bagel, lox, <laughs> as much cream cheese as I could get on. I was reading the New York Times. Looking at Dapper, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the... Um, the guy comes in and says, will you all go on the stage now? Uh, you know, we're going to stop the shoot for the day. I said, all right, I waved goodbye to everybody. Sat there with my bagel on the New York Times. And the guy comes back and said, no, you too. I said, what do you mean? I said, I'm not working today. He goes, oh, you are now. There you go. So I was suddenly, suddenly modeling for uh, Calvin Klein for six days. That's awesome. Just because I wanted the bagel. And they paid you? Oh, yeah, I got paid, yeah. So you got and modeling food and modeling models. Modeling food and models, yeah, they were <laughs> <clears throat> that was a, and then through that, I had a friend who was building, doing the sets for the day, and uh, I got to know him. And he was an English guy, and he said, Do "You want to come work for me, making sets?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Why not? Yeah. Got nothing else going on. And how long ago <clears throat> was that? Nineteen ninety-five. And you're still, I'm doing, still it. doing it. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! So is that when you're not doing music, you're making sets? Yeah. So it's always entertainment business. Always something creative. I always got to be like making something or doing something. I, you know, that's, that's what I. I that's awesome. Keep busy, you know what I mean? I like to do stuff, make stuff, and make create music. stuff. Making music is making one of those music. things that you like well, to they do. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand. In fact, it's funny because uh, I work with a mighty, mighty boss tone and an ex-Foo Fighter and an ex-Tesla um, and an ex... Um, Oh, there's a couple of other bands. A lot of guys. And you guys all make sets. A lot of guys uh, work in the uh, film business. Sorry, Do you work with the one ex-TSOL guy that I know of, drummer? No. What's his name? Uh, Tiny. Uh, what is he doing? Anthony. Mix sets. Oh, okay. I, I, know, know, a, somebody, a, I know another musician yeah. that makes sets. There's, so. there's a lot of uh, music business guys. It seems like I think hands it, in hands. It's kind of similar. It's kind yeah, of you're similar. still creating. Because you're like a gang of guys and you've got to do this thing and get it done. It's almost like when you're shooting is when you're performing. You know what I mean? The, shoot, the shoot's got to get done. However, you've got to make it happen. That's you know so I mean? funny. It's, it's something kind of totally different. But yeah, you're right. It's the same very thing. similar. Uh-huh. Very similar. Yeah, that's why there's wow. a bunch of musicians I work with. Yeah. Well, we're going to play another song yes. off The Brutalist. Talk <clears throat> of the Town. Yes. Anything you have to say about this song? Just about other bands I know and other people I know. Oh, is that what it's about? The yeah. Talk of the Town? Yeah. You're listening they to Doll- were the talk of the town. You're the talk of the town, yep. <laughs> You're listening to Doll Hut Radio with Cat Monroe, and we have Nigel Mogg of The Brutalist live in studio, talk of the town off of their new upcoming album, uh, The Brutalist. The Brutalist, yes. Let's see, where we go, where we go. <laughs>
Yeah, they're not much competition Never had a bit of a running I got a monkey for the crowd I wanna sweep them up I'm falling back into the cup Already overthrown So many, many, many years ago Oi. They were the talk of the town They were the talk of the town They were the talk of the town They were the talk of the They were the talk of the town They were the talk of the town They were the talk of the They're going down Yeah Talk of the town. I turned myself off. Now I have to turn myself on. Ooh, oh dear. Yeah. I turned Ooh. on your I turned you on too. <laughs> I was <laughs> on that, <laughs> I was on already, dear. <laughs> Ooh. That was Talk of the Town by the Brutalist. You're listening to Doll Hut Radio. And uh, Nigel Mahog is in studio with me today. And great music. Really well, good you. music. Yeah. I really yeah. like it. It's, it's a nice breath of fresh air. That's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think. So what's what's up what's up and coming besides going to the UK? Are you gonna put work on another album or uh we got a bunch of new songs we're gonna work on. Uh we got a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, who who writes your songs? We write them it's a collab collaborative effort. So you get together uh, and you all write them? Yeah. I mainly do the lyrics and the melodies, but the other guys come up with all the uh, musical side of it. But but it, it, it it's blurred, you know, people come up with a few lines here and there and I it's it was uh, it's a, a yeah we split it. It equally. just manifests yeah. itself it, when it, you guys get together. It just grows. <laughs> I find that bands that have been around <laughs> like for a, people, like a, it grows like a like a disease. A, a fungus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fungus. <laughs> it spreads. <laughs> I find that bands that have been playing for a while, like yourself, people people that are bands, their their music sense tends to just manifest magically instead of having to be put together. Yeah, you, yeah, you can definitely uh, you don't um, especially when you have the right group of people. Yeah, it can just happen. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely just happens. You don't have to, like, you know, and sit around and calculate it too much. You know I mean? That's when it gets a little sterile when yes, you do that. Yes, that's very true. So growing up, you grew up with, was your mom into music, your dad into music? You just No, it's just, mainly comes from my uncle, I guess, from the, my dad's brother was in this band. He was my dad's younger brother, so he was the wild, long-haired, hippie guy. Did you look up to him? Kinda. I guess so. I mean, how would you not, really? You know, I mean, if a you rock had, and if roll had, star you in a, your family, if yeah. You had like a cool rock guy that was your uncle. Would you not? You go, oh my god, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the person I look up, to, uh, I really uh, liked or idolized the most was Pete Way, the bass player from UFO. Oh, he okay. played a Thunderbird and uh-huh. he was like the cool guy in the band. That's why I ended up playing bass. You know. Oh, that's why you ended up yeah. playing. Do you know any other instruments? No. Just bass? Yeah. I played bass the... for a short time, but I'm terrible. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I played all, it for all a short time. I played it for a short time, and I was terrible as well. <laughs> and now you're singing. <laughs> yeah, singing is much better. You know why singing is great? I don't have to carry anything. I was thinking about oh that. Yeah, God. you don't have equipment, but you're not oh. the drummer. <laughs> yeah, but just, oh. Moving amps around and carrying You don't guitars. have any, your microphone, Oof. that's about it. Right? Not even that sometimes, right? Bah. Nothing. Nothing. Your suit. Briefcase. Briefcase. That's nice. That's it. That's all I need with my 
sunglasses in. Sunglasses and in my maracas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't carrying nothing. <laughs> I did plenty of years of moving crap around. Yeah. Now it's your time. Shit. Now you've seen the music scenes in New York. You've seen the music scenes in the UK. You've seen the music scenes in Los Angeles. Mm. What is your favorite, or what? What do you prefer? Or is it just different each time? Well, it's different now. I mean, things have changed. I mean, you know, when I was playing in bands in the UK, is when you got record deals and you put records out with publishing deals and you made money and you could be actually be on a salary and if you got signed, you that could be your job. And now it's changed where that's not so the case. You, uh, it's it's like it's like totally completely flip flop changed. Yeah, right? it's completely different. Uh, you don't get record deals, so therefore it's. Uh, it's kind of like a hobby until it becomes not a hobby. Which uh, these days is kind of hard to do. Yeah, you'd have to... I don't know what the answer is to that question because I don't know. I, I, you just, you, I mean, I, I, you just got to go out and do it. And if you're doing something that's... I always say, if you're doing something that's really good and really imaginative and really fantastic and the music's brilliant, someone's going to yeah. grab hold of it. Someone's mm-hmm. going to go, oh, this is really good. Did you hear this? It's not going to slip by. So I guess that um, we're really not hearing, you know, <laughs> maybe no one's any good anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Maybe there's too many. <laughs> there's that too. It gets filtered down because there's like a lot of people doing it. And I everybody's I, online and everybody's yeah, here and there. And I really don't know the answer to that question. That I'm still figuring out. And you know, I've been doing it for like 30, 40, 30, 20 years, 30 years, and I'm still figuring it out. So I haven't got an answer to that question. You see, it's, it's so much different. You're right, though. So much different now than it well, was Well, and then sometimes bands would get signed back in the day that weren't any good. And they'd put records out and have publicists working for them and yeah. and they'd be getting gigs opening for people and they were just terrible well, well, bands. That, that part hasn't that changed. There's still bands <laughs> that aren't very good that I get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hear sure them on are. the radio. Yeah. But yeah, who are those bands? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know I don't know the answer yeah. to that question. It's just it's changed I guess it's changed dramatically, but in some ways it's exactly the same. Yeah, you're right, because it's still some of the same bands that are terrible yeah. that are out there, the ones getting Well, I mean, what can happen nowadays is if you happen to have some money, you can buy everything you yeah, want. Yeah, these days, that, that's, a, that's a big part of it. And I've seen a few bands, I'm not saying anyone I know particularly, but there are some bands out there who are just happen to have some family money maybe who yeah. have like bought their way into what There's, they do. I've, I've known some like that too. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate, but it does happen. You know, um, you know, you could look for $2,000 a month. You can rent, you can hire a publicist who will get you interviews in magazines and get your, Oh yeah. Top radio radios. stations. And, and for 5,000 a month, you'll probably get on better radio stations. And if you pay 10 grand a month, you'll probably get on the, in the top 40. Yeah, they do something, I don't they know. Do, they do something to your voice. So it doesn't even sound like when you sing. Yeah. You could, if you, you know, if you got to pay a top engine, you know, you, well, it's auto tune for singing, but you can, that's a, that's a cheap plugin. Anyone can do that. But I'm, um, I'm saying more on the, once you've recorded a record, Let's say it's just an average record, but if you've got the money to pay the publicists yeah. and you've got a really good manager and lawyer and you have the money to pay for all that, that can certainly boost you up the ladder a bit that's further true. than a bunch of 18-year-olds in the garage. Well, that, that's, don't like, have that's like that. the girl. What is it that 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 uh, that girl from the show, what did she say? Um, oh, that well, I can't think of her. That girl that said, I forgot what she said. uh Catch me outside. That catch me out. Catch, catch me. Uh, some that. girl from a thing. She was from a talk TV show. show. Yeah, and she like had like a record. No, it was ridiculous. Off of a wow. phrase, not even singing. Oh yeah, that's shit gonna happen. Yeah, too, yeah. it's it's it's. Ridiculous. You get a few YouTube 
one-offs as well. You is know it inter- internet famous? Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. You get internet famous? Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. And I thank you very, very much for coming out. Where can people buy your music? Um, records. Are you going to play that one? Yes, no, you're we'll right. Records out in August on Cleopatra Records. So uh, on Cleopatra Records, I guess. I'm. Okay. Do you have Spotify or Bandcamp or anything? We will do, yes. And you have your, your Brutalist website? We will do okay. by August. Right now, right yes. now you're on Facebook. Facebook for and now Instagram. for Brutalist and Instagram. Brutalist, if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, when the record comes out, we'll be available everywhere. Awesome. Well, we're going to play out with Know Your Value. Which is, let me find it really quick. And uh, what's this song about? Uh, this song is about, well, the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, if you listen to them. It's about, you know, people that live for the weekend and haven't figured their life out yet. <laughs> oh, I know a lot like, of people yeah, like that. like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to name myself, but okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to incriminate myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe I need a lawyer on this one. <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, listen to the lyrics and you can figure it out pretty easy. All right, you did. Well, thank you, Nigel, for coming in. It's been a blast. We're going to have to have you back. And yes, Sunday's going to be awesome with Sunday, your show. Yes. Sunday, the doll hut. Yes, on the 20th. May 27th. Yep. Anaheim, be here. Great show. Yeah. And this is Know Your Value off of the Brutalist new album, Know Your Value. Go and buy it. Yeah. Radio. Meow.
And you are listening to Doll Hut Radio with Miss Cat Monroe at Doll Hut Studios. That was Nigel Mogg of The Brutalist. Stay tuned for more. Meow.